Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Treyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 10. Dude, that's a dozen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 10. A dozen, yeah, 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 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. your math works out, your math checks out. (laughs) That checks out. Welcome to episode 10 of Amateur Hour. Dude, how are we already at 10? We've been doing this since the first of the new year, and it is today, March 14th. Double digits. Super exciting. Double digits. It's huge. Shout out to everybody who has been on the journey so far, whether Mm. you came from our socials, whether you came from word of mouth. Uh, Thanks for being here. We have Mm. a lot of, most of our listeners come from the United States, but we have a couple people in Hungary and we have a couple people in Germany. So shout out to you guys. Thanks for being here. We'll just kick it, get it started, get Mm -hmm. it rolling. All right. The Weekly Highs. So my high, <laughs> we'll start off with the weekly highs. Uh, the sports high is Karis LeVert. After two months of surgery recovery and rehab and not playing after he was traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Indiana Pacers in that big Harden blockbuster, uh, when he was traded, they had to do a physical to make sure he was good, and they found cancer on his kidney. So he underwent surgery, but yesterday he made his debut. He came back and he was actually playing pretty well. It was nice uh-huh. to see that like he made a full speedy recovery. While his shooting was a little bit inefficient, he 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 played hard and the Pacers were able to beat the Suns win streak. Props to props to Levert, props to the Pacers. They still look like a pretty solid team. Yeah, just the fact that he it was his first game back and he played 27 minutes and they just trusted him to to play, you know, not have a minute restriction coming back. Like mm-hmm. that just shows that he put in a lot of work while rehabbing and, you know, trying to get back to speed and stuff. So I I'm sure that he'll he'll be back to thirty plus minutes in the next week or two. If he's playing twenty seven right now, that's pretty good. So he seemed really, like he really was in good shape him. too. Yeah, really happy for him. So that was good. It's nice to see people make a return. So congratulations to Karis. And as a fantasy owner of Karis, I've been holding on to him for two months. So again, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back, Harris. It's time for that. It's time for that fantasy playoff push. Mm-hmm. All right. Now my other high. We're gonna switch it up. You know how Shreyas normally talks about food. Also, uh, for those of you asking for his banana bread recipe, that is on our Twitter. So yep. Amateur Hour Pod, go check that out and make what looks like to be phenomenal banana bread. So my weekly high. I'm talking about food, and I just had Mo's, and it was phenomenal. And I'm gonna say it. I'm I'm gonna say it. What are you gonna Mose say? Mo's is better. Okay. Than Chipotle. Okay. I mean, I get I get that take. I also think Qdoba needs to be more in the conversation. You know, Qdoba. It's just. <laughs> I, are you breaking up? Qdoba's <laughs> <laughs> good, but when it comes to the Battle of the Titans, yeah, Mo's a Chipotle dude, and Mo's. All right, all right, let me just – this is going to catch – I just need to justify why I said this. Okay. okay. Moe's has free chips. Guac is included, so essentially yeah. free guac. They say welcome to Moe's, and they really, really load up their bowls, their stacks, and their burritos. And also, stacks. When, when has guac been included? Like guac in is always included at Moe's. It's never an extra charge. Like when you look and you see their, their burritos like 940 – that includes guac. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's huge. And when you go to Chipotle, it's like a dollar fifty-two dollars yeah. for guac on top. Yeah. And your burrito's already eight fifty. So yeah, yeah, no, that's not good. But here's what here's why I like here's why I like Kidoba is that see at least for me, right? <laughs> right. No. So it's like it's you and like thirty people that are like, ah, don't forget about Kidoba. <laughs> well, well, think about this, right? Because so I'm a vegetarian, right? So I don't go for all the meat options, and that obviously makes the price higher. But for me, when I go to when I when I go to Qdoba and the burrito is like, 
like seven fifty for like a veggie burrito, like normal, mm-hmm. with just beans and rice and you know all the veggies and stuff. And that includes the um, guac and queso that they give you too. So like, I could get like a burrito with guac and queso for eight bucks, eight eight mm-hmm. fifteen with tax, right? Why would I? go to Chipotle, obviously I wouldn't go to Chipotle unless like other people wanted to go to Chipotle. Like I wouldn't actively seek out Chipotle by myself. I, I do want to talk about the, the chips. I feel like the chips at Moe's are much like oilier and greasier than like Chipotle chips or, or things like that. So I'm just going to, listen, I'm going to stand up your honor. I would like to, uh, objection. I just had the, I just had the chips. They were perfectly salted. They might've had a, a little, like a little taste of like lemon or lime on them. They were and then add those with the queso. I see what you're saying. They might have a little bit more oil than the Chipotle chips. Mm-hmm. Add a little bit of the like the queso on top. You dip it in the queso. Oh, yeah. I just felt like every time I went, cheaper. I just it is it is cheaper and it's better at most. I would like to say the queso. Yeah, yeah. The most queso is is fantastic. But like I think that the chips do make a difference if they come. But at least they come with the meal. Like most are like hey like yeah we'll add chips. Like you just get chips in the bag. You but just get Chipotle, chips. You free chips. I'm pretty sure Chipotle stopped doing that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, Ch- Chipotle. If I want to get extra chips, there's another like dollar fifty. Yeah, on top they, of my they, meal. They upsell everything. It's insane. It everything. To, yeah, they used to not. Like it used to be normal. It used to be like seven fifty for a burrito, and then mm-hmm. you get chips. You used to get guac. You can queso or extra queso or extra guac would be an extra ad, but fine. But it used to be like seventy-five cents to a dollar, and but that was only a couple you, years ago. Right, but then you also got salmonella too. <laughs> yeah, okay. At that, at that time, that is true. That was <laughs> there was a risk. It's and a then, risk and then Chipotle upper management's like, you know what? <laughs> Fine, we won't give you salmonella, but it's going to be more expensive, and that's the price that you have to pay. There's <laughs> two options: you either get free guac, you get salmonella, and that's it. <laughs> Fine, if you want your life the way it is, you're gonna have to pay two fifty for everything else. <laughs> you don't want to be sitting on the toilet, hunched over, the pain in your bowels. This is what it's gonna have to cost. <laughs> we thought we were we thought we were doing you a favor by adding to your gut flora, but I guess not. <laughs> you know that's what they say. Yeah, <laughs> it's Dwight Schrute's uh, immune system theory. The more bacteria you have, the stronger your immune system is. You can't baby, you can't coddle it. A bowl, of, <laughs> a bowl, hand washing station with a bowl of dirt. <laughs> uh, all right, well, yeah, listen, I just wanted to throw yeah. my opinion out there because same, I firmly believe that Moe's is better than Chipotle. And in no way am I saying that Chipotle is bad. I think it is very good, tasty food. It tastes fresh. Yeah. But if I were to go to one 10 times out of 10, it's Moe's. They say, welcome to Moe's. I feel like I'm part of the family. <laughs> and they don't care if I, you know, they don't care, but they say welcome. And in my mind, in my monkey brain. <laughs> Have you ever walked into Moe's and then you're like, hold on, I got to take a call. So you take it outside and then you walk back in and they say it again. And you're like, oh, no, 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 I was just here. No, no, you're good. You don't have to, I'm not new. <laughs> it's like an alarm. Yeah, it's an alarm system. Welcome to Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. Oh, wait. <laughs> Is that a million dollar idea right there? I'm gonna get my alarm system to say "Welcome to Moe's" when somebody walks in. <laughs> <laughs> it's midnight. Somebody breaks it's, in. It's your wicked loud. Welcome to Moe's. <laughs> you know, like a a, a a a tranquilizer dart like pops at them, and it's like "Welcome <laughs> to Moe's" playing. <laughs> that that literally Nest or whoever makes like security things million dollar idea right there. Yeah, Nest. <laughs> Take that and run with it. Actually, just real quick tangent too. I yeah. had a million dollar idea the other day. It's called a COVID cake, right? And so what you do is you get your cake for somebody's birthday, right? And everybody wants the magic of making a wish and blowing out your candle. But with COVID and just general disease and pandemic awareness, it's a lot harder to, right? You're blowing all over the cake. Nobody's going to want to eat your spittle. So what mm-hmm. you do is you put this like plastic fun covering over it and it has little slots for the candles. And it's customizable based off of how old you are, right? And so you put the plastic covering over the cake. You light the candles on top. It's basically the same thing. You blow out the candles so you get your wish. You get the experience. And you take it off. And then everybody can eat your cake. 
without your COVID all over it. Ah. Boom. But you'd have to make so many SKUs of it. Like, it would be like every size cake. Or no, you just have to make it a certain size, right? With the num- And then the number of holes would change, is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you just make it big enough for most cakes, and then I was gonna say you, we have you know we have the sheet cake option, we have big cake, and we have small cake, and then we mm. have individual slice as well. These are the million dollar ideas that we need. No, this is a if we ever make it to Shark Tank, I want to get shark? berated. I want to get berated by every shark. <laughs> I'm asking for ten million dollars for a one percent stake. And my company. <laughs> <laughs> COVID uh, blowers. Shreyas, do you want to take us to the lows? <laughs> the lows. Yeah, let's talk about some weekly lows. Okay. Personally, this is a very recent low, but man, that uh that daylight savings time really, you know, hit me hard this morning. And mm-hmm. I realized that everything just my life got flipped turned upside down by losing that one hour of sleep, man. It was it's no bueno. And so I woke up like <laughs> closer to noon and I was like, wow, this, <laughs> this is not <laughs> like, it's, it's funny. It's funny. Cause if I like wake up closer to 11, I'm like, Oh, this is fine. Like it's still the morning basically. And then mm-hmm. if I wake up closer to noon, I'm like, I feel like such crap. I'm like, Oh, Oh, what am I doing with my life? Why am I, I here? wasted the day? Right. <laughs> yeah. And so like, oh, I can't do this. And so, um, that was a, a personal bummer, but now hopefully we'll get used to it, and at least we get the a little more uh, daylight just every day. So, and the days will start getting longer. So, I guess that's a that's a good trade off for my sleep. This is true. I saw that there was a bill in the Senate right now that is proposing to end the madness that is daylight savings time. Seeing as the majority of us are not farmers anymore. Oh yeah, it would be really nice in the winter if it. Like, cause you know how it gets dark at four thirty. Mm-hmm. Like that just makes people sad. It makes people sad. So imagine if the the earliest that it got dark was like five thirty. But like, we're not, but like, it's based on the time of the year. It's not like we can change the the Earth's rotation. Well, no, no, no. I know, but you know how we roll it back so it gets dark even earlier. Uh so what we roll it for. No, well, no, we, we just would, we, we would just keep, keep it at this time, right? So we would never, there would uh, never be the fallback. Ah, uh, so there'd be no like sense of despair and hope. It's just yeah, like, I, normal. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like, normal. It's just normal. Yeah, there's no like false sense of hope or despair. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah, I'd be into that. So for my sports low, um, Joel Embiid, man, uh, tough mm. to see him go out with that injury. I think a couple nights ago. And luckily, it wasn't a an ACL. They checked the MRI. It wasn't an ACL tear. It wasn't a meniscus tear. But it was a bone bruise. And so he's going to be out two to three weeks. And he was having an MVP campaign. He was arguably the number one. I know Nikola Jokic and him were going to have the, one of the tightest races in history. But like this, I don't know if Jokic can continue to stay healthy and play at the level he's playing now. This might be held against Embiid um when it's all said and done Mm -hmm. so it's tough because i would want i would want it to be like one of those like oh photo finish like one vote like decided it because that's how good these guys are playing right now like they it shouldn't be far and it's to Mm -hmm. see like one of the front runners go down with an injury for you know two to three weeks and he's gonna have to rehab from and make sure that he can get back and he's a big man he's a big dude too when these big men get injured it's just it's just tougher to to rehab than it is maybe someone like a shorter guard or something like that. So hope to see Embiid back on the court. He's been playing phenomenal, but this is kind of a tough blow for the number one Philadelphia 76ers right now. Yeah, and they also don't have Ben Simmons right now because of the COVID protocols. So that's yep. a tough break. That's a tough break, especially now as the trade deadline is approaching and as teams mm. are starting to make that playoff push to get the best possible seating that they can. I have a feeling they're not going to fall below top three. No, but I feel like if you want one of these, like if you want the number one seed, right? Like at this point, you probably do. Yeah, the Hawks are an eight right now, and they have a horrendous defense. I feel like the East is when you want to be in the top three seeds because these like bottom three teams 
Um, Hornets, Knicks, what, and Hawks are they're they're a first round exit. Hornets, Knicks, so. and Hawks, or Raptors and Pacers, depending on who makes the play in. Remember, there's a play in again. So, mm-hmm. um, so those teams just have like really iffy defenses, if not horrible defenses. Mm-hmm. So, being a top seed is worth more in the East than it is the West, because like in the West, it's like a little bit less of it's a little bit more of a wash because these teams are so they're playing so well and they all have, you know, things going for them and they all have great records and they can show they're playing good basketball. But a lot of these teams in the East that are at the bottom are playing very, very inconsistently. And you could probably uh, take advantage of them more if you're in a a better position. So, Oh, for sure. So hopefully um, the Nets are right on the tail of the, the Sixers right now. So hopefully they Dwight Howard and Tony Bradley duo can, can withstand some, games for a little bit until Embiid comes back because the Nets are the Nets are looking like a, a real wagon in the East right now. It's crazy. And I had I, I, I remember when the trade happened and we were talking about where they would land. I had them at two or three when we first did our uh I think we preview. both had the Nets at two. We might have okay, yeah. So either two or three. But then when when the Harden trade happened, you asked, does this change your like view of the Nets? And I was like, no, yes. I think and I, I was like, no, I think I think they stay where they are. If not, they get better. And so I kept them at two or three, wherever we had them. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like they're going to be one. And that's how good they're playing right now. Because Harden is, he's really bought in, dude. He's really, it's, I didn't think it would happen. Um, but it, I guess it just motivated him to play on a team that wasn't the Rockets. Yes, Harden may have thrown a little bit of a temper tantrum. He's like, ah! Houston strip clubs anymore I get it mm-hmm. but him and Kyrie mm-hmm. I've been balling out you did you see yeah. the game with the Nets versus Celtics the other night mm. Harden wasn't playing well and then Kyrie said hey Kyrie time, Kyrie right? saw his old his old team and he just he dude he went ballistic <laughs> he, he was went, hitting and, everything he was hitting everything I think he had like 18 field goals or something he had something crazy where he was just shooting the lights out and and that was a game that Harden didn't play well. That was a game that Durant didn't play. Um, and, like, it, it just shows that, like, one of these guys is able to take the load. They have that ability to take the load when needed. And when they're all three playing, I know they haven't all three played at the same time. They know how to distribute the ball so that they all get what they need out of the game and still win. And I think the defense, once the, once well, the playoffs let's come... Take 40! Chapter 40, and the Celtics were like looking around the, like that Mr. The defense Crab. The playoffs comes, like, it's going to come, mm-hmm. I think, at some yeah. point. A no, little I, bit more I, than it is right now. So I agree with that too. Well, you're playing the Nets in a seven game series, right? And Harden's having an off night. Then you have to deal with Kyrie. And then <laughs> Kyrie might go a little cold. And then all of a sudden, KD comes out of the rafters. And then all of a sudden, they're passing it to freaking Uncle Jeff Green, who goes off. You got DJ off the lob threat. And then you have Blake Griffin, who's just a big body in the yeah, post. Like, no. What hmm. are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's Jazz. <laughs> I, I don't think the if the Jazz make the finals, I will be very surprised. I hope that they can just prove people wrong, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just not feeling them. Being, I don't think anyone is, but I'm just not feeling them beating a Clippers or a, a Lakers or. Well, the Clippers like might be the ultimate choke city of of recent years, but but I, I hear what, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I feel like people always in the playoffs figure the figure the Jazz out. Mm. I mean, you know, last year was a tough example. I mean, the Nuggets came back from being down 3-1 and went crazy. Jamal Murray dropping 50 points a game. And then you watch him. It's so weird, though, because I watched him last night play the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And he was one for 14. And his one point was a putback. Like, he was mm-hmm. ice cold. It was literally Will Barton and Jokic. Like, their backs were broken at the end of that game. Yeah. Oh, and, and Faku Campazo too, who I actually really, really like. As I a really player. like him. He's a he's one of those like pest defenders. Like he's he, he's he's five eleven. He's yeah, tiny. Right. He's right. an Isaiah Thomas type, but he's very, very smart, very crafty. I, I like him as a player a lot. He knows how to pick your pocket, dude. And then he's he's starting to get his shot to fall too, so he's hitting some threes. And thirty percent from three. Yep. Yeah. So if he can hit if he can um if he can be a three and D guy that plays like twenty two to twenty five minutes off the bench, like that's really useful for Jokic because he needs shooters around him. That's that he can pass to, he can depend on. So, but, yeah, he's also really good at like making plays as well. 
Like mm-hmm. he, he makes, I saw, uh, there was a highlight reel. He went through Tim Hardaway Jr.'s legs to passage of Michael Green for a nice, easy, like mm. open dunk. Beautiful. I, I love these guys that play pro basketball in Europe and Australia. And like for, for a longer period of time, they don't just like, so they know the pro game and they get taught the right way for years. And then they come here and it's just like, yeah, the competition's a little better. It's a little different, but they don't have to like learn any of those skills over again for a new, a new system. Mm-hmm. They just like it's just like innate ability now, and it's just now knowing, you know, the team dynamic and stuff. So these guys play really well if they if they play longer overseas and then come rather than like a year and then cut back or things like that. So, yeah, yep, that's huge. It's yeah. huge. huge. Okay, we're gonna get right into the meat and potatoes, if you will. Let's talk about some NFL. Let's talk about the state of the NFL. More or less, like, who's looking good? Who's got free agents? Who's getting tagged? Uh What are Patriots going to do? Who's going to win it all? LA Rams this year, calling. No, Chicago Bears, (laughs) calling it right now, this year. Titch Mabisky. (laughs) Well, let's talk about about who got tagged first, because that was a deadline that just passed. Mm -hmm. Um, And... For people that don't know, franchise tags are uh, a designation that a, a franchise can make, so a team can make on one player on their team, and that just secures them for one more year to help, you know, if they need, like, a long-term agreement, they can do that. It just gives the team more time with the player that they feel is a part of their future or can be a part of their future. Um, and each position has a certain price set for each tag so quarterbacks obviously are worth the most of their tag is in i think in the upper 30 millions right now uh it's like 37 or something million um and then so each position offensive guard and defensive tackle and all these have a set price so it's it's a little bit of a strategy of like do i want to play pay this player this set amount of money that everyone would make if they got tagged for this position or do I want to, you know, tag this person because it's a little cheaper and they, you know, still serve their role better and then hope that I can, you know, figure something out with free agency with the player that I really want or, you know, find a replacement for the player because they're too expensive for a long-term deal or something. Like that. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the short story of what the franchise tag is about. Long but, and short of tagging. Yeah. So, um... Let's talk about let's talk about some big some big tags that were happening. One of them was Chris Godwin, right, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Had a kind of an up and down season this year, um, just because of injuries, and he like it felt like every time he was gonna get hot, he I know he broke his finger. He had I think he had some like foot problems or, sh- or shoulder problems, things like that, and it was he just couldn't get hot, but. A lineup where you have Brady throwing to Godwin on one side and, and Evans on the other is just too too lethal to not want back. So they tagged him. I think he uh, he's making sixteen point four three million, which is pretty good considering. He I'll could, take sixteen point four three million. Yeah, for one year. Uh, I think he could have made upwards more of that, and I think he will once he gets a, a long term deal, and he won a championship, so that helps too. Um. And then Allen Robinson, too. So from the offensive side, I think this guy would have been if he made it to free agency. So if the Bears said, you know, I don't know if we can keep him or the the price tag is too high or um, I don't know if he'll stay in Chicago kind of thing because the the team, as good as that defense is, they just cannot get the offensive side of the ball right. Whoa, pardon the interruption. The Wi-Fi cut out while we were recording the episode, but essentially we talked about how if the Bears build around Allen Robinson, they could become a very good team. Then we then transitioned over to talking about if the Seahawks work around Russell Wilson, they could also be good, but there's some problems that come along with it. And like it Bill Wilson the wrong way, and it kind of showed this year, you remember how the Seahawks got off to a really, really, really hot start. Oh my God, they were awesome to the start of the year. Yeah, I remember that. Unbelievable. Russell Wilson was like an MVP candidate. He was like, like, first five, six games of the season, he was throwing 350, 350 yards and like three or four touchdowns a game. It was just insane that 
they were so hot. And it was the whole hashtag let Russ cook, right? Like they finally yep. were using a system where Russell Wilson was the, the guy making the decisions and they just let him toss the ball for a long time. They were, you know, the beast mode team, right? Marshawn Lynch was the, the key cog in the team biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Yep. And then um, for a couple of years, they had Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, and they were just kind of hoarding these running backs um, and playing a real uh, dink and dunk type of football where Russell Wilson either, <laughs> Russell Wilson either passes, like, you know, hands the ball off or it's a screen pass to Carson or it's a short right. pass or things like that. Right. So he wasn't really flourishing, I guess, but the team was winning. So they couldn't really say anything, mm-hmm. but then, halfway through the year russell wilson starts you know there start to be some like issues going on he's not playing as well um the 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 offense starts to become more stagnant uh carson got hurt so when they didn't have like that running back to fall like fall back to there was just like i guess it just kind of made everything off kilter and then people saw i think it was a divisional game versus the rams they just like totally blew up that that Seahawks team just did not play well at all. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from Russell Wilson and that Seahawks team. And then they fired their offensive coordinator after uh, Pete Carroll fired the offensive coordinator after. So now it's like, and I think Russell Wilson like kind of thought like that wasn't really the issue. Like it's just like we're very inconsistent with how we're you know drawing up plays and stuff i think that's how he feels and it may not be the it may not be the truth or may not you know he obviously his play has got something to do with it too it's not just the play calling and stuff so i feel like we're starting to get closer to an impasse with that team i don't know if it's going to get there this year but i wouldn't be surprised if p carroll wanted to pull the plug because he has a different direction for the team finally and that would be a massive deal so if the bears were involved with something like that where they could you know put a king's ransom in and then get someone like russell wilson they finally have a quarterback it might be it might be a good year to keep Allen robinson and and show him that hey we got a guy we can do something dude as long as uh, cody parkey doesn't double doink (laughs) off the field goal post oh my god I watched that game live because I was really I was on the hype train for the Bears and everybody's like this is the year, and then Cody Parker goes, uh-huh. and oh, I I'm not even a Chicago fan and I felt yeah, bad. well it felt like a feel good story. I was like, okay, this Bears team is like I don't know how they made it, but they're in this game. But they're in it, and I hate and I don't yeah. I don't like this Eagles team. Like <laughs> I'm not a fan of them. So like let's see like a little bit of an upset. Like I don't want I don't want this Eagles team to win. And uh, that happened. I was like, "Oh, great, <laughs> great, <laughs> exactly." Uh, of course, uh, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, right? You know what? Maybe, maybe if they can pull off the trade, then mm-hmm. it'll be a new, a new leaf, uh, a new hope, if you will. <laughs> Star yeah. Wars. A new <laughs> Star. No, but so, but actually, like yeah. that, that 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 might be good. I mean, tagging Allen Robinson is great for the Bears. Tagging Chris Godwin and re-signing Brady for an extension, great for the Bucks. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go away. To be honest, they cleaned up their act by the end. They look like a well-oiled machine, and they still have Tom Brady. So I feel like the Bucks are going to be solid. Who else do you think is going to be a good team coming up this year? Not official predictions, just just, just rough general thoughts, first impressions. You know what? You know what I feel could do could be could be better this year just because of their I guess significant rise in this past year, and that it would really help them in free agency this year and you know any trade negotiations this year that they started playing better last year and that's the miami dolphins Mm. tua i think yeah so tua's rise regardless of if he's the quarterback for the future which you know there's some rumors out there that you know if deshaun watson was going to be traded tua might be a good trade asset to trade back uh considering Mm. his age and considering that he played decently in that system and they still they were winning they were winning games like he didn't he wasn't like otherworldly but he was playing well enough that they were able to win games and they had the pieces around them in the defense and the offense that he was able to win with those pieces and i feel like mm-hmm. people would say like oh yeah he did that in miami like if he had some better pieces like we could really use him and he's young he's you know second year 
we could really use them that second or third year. We could use them. So the Miami Dolphins this year, I feel like could make some big splashes in free agency. No uh, pun intended. <laughs> Dolphins. Splash. <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, yeah. So, like, they could get some. They could get some real offensive pieces. I know they're looking at uh, one of the things they're looking at is running back, and they had this kind of Derrick Henry back, trade running, everything for Derrick Henry. Well, running back by committee last year, they had um, like, like they their number one running back ended up being Miles Gaskin, who was like an undrafted. Uh, I think I don't know if he was a rookie or like I think he was an undrafted rookie. Like he just came out of nowhere, and they just had to use him because they didn't have anybody, and people started getting injured. It was really bad. And one of the mm-hmm. one of the players that's on the the free agent list right now is Aaron Jones or Aaron Jones not on the free agent list. So like it, he's looking for an extension. He's looking for a long longer term deal. And if the Green Bay Packers doesn't don't want to pay him that, they could trade him to someone like Miami, who's in the need of a of a quality running back and Aaron mm. Jones is a quality running back. Aaron so, Jones is very good. Yes. Yeah. To pair, to pair him up with Tua or whatever big quarterback might come in. If they really, you know, want to make a, a big deal. Uh, Tua and Fitz magic dude, dynamic duo. I don't think Fitz magic is going to come back. I think Fitz magic no, thinks I... he can start <laughs> on a bad team somewhere. Like uh, I think he's betting himself on that. He's coming back in one more year at least. And I think a bad team is going to want him in the case that, or a team that may have an injury prone QB might want him as a backup because he can come, he can spot start and throw 303 touchdowns. Like it's crazy how that guy's continued to be relevant in the league in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Aaron Jones, if they have, get, if they get uh, another wide receiver to pair up with Devonte Parker, like they're a legitimate team. Cause that defense was really good last year. Um, okay. very surprising. I like that take. Yeah. I like that take. What about you, Max? What do you think? Who do you think uh, could some, you know, raise some eyebrows next year? I've really liked that. I think mm, I was going to say the Saints, but for mm. me, I want to see what happens with their quarterback situation, realistically, mm-hmm. because I have yet to hear anything about Drew Brees' quote-unquote retirement. Yeah. So if he comes back, I'm I'm going to put them down a peg. If mm-hmm. Jameis Winston is their starting quarterback i might put them down to pick two but i just really like you know michael thomas alvin Kamara. like it would make sense for a, a person of like for that type of team to go after russell wilson or something like yes. even if it's like yep. a pipe dream at this point like i would throw a guaranteed picks, asset yeah. i would throw four five six picks at russell wilson and just six be like picks in a, in a tackle and a t- <laughs> Uh, like pick six like literally pick any six picks that you want and just take them <laughs> and you know take 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 all our money like you, you know that like futurama shut up and give me shut up and, shut up and, take, shut up my and take my money yeah yep. just i would throw because like the weapons that they have that you were talking about camara thomas who's the other always, there's another one i'm thinking of well they had jared cook i think they might I don't think they're going to bring him back. Um, but they're just like, they're just one of those teams that are always going to keep being relevant. And they always have these young guys that want to play there. So they'll, they'll attract free agents easy. Like it's just mm-hmm. a place that people want to play. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, if they have like a Winston or something, it's just like, I don't know. Like, have you ever been to New Orleans? Trez? I have not been to New Orleans. Have you? I, I have. And I would 10 out of 10 absolutely recommend if you mm-hmm. like food, which I know you do. Yeah. So I hope that someday that you can make it down there. Cause I understand why these players want to go down there. It's a fun city. It's a mm. fun environment. And the food is, so. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally anywhere you go. I don't care where you go. Trace, actually for you, I went to this awesome, like vegan, vegetarian fusion restaurant, cafe, bar, whatever it was. I can't remember oh, wow. what it's That's called. Lo- Those are a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of adjectives. <laughs> a lot of adjectives yeah. I'll send you, if I can find the pictures, I will send them to you because it was phenomenal. You literally can just walk into any restaurant in New Orleans yeah. and it'll be great food. So if oh, anybody I, listening I is from yeah, New Orleans, congratulations because it's, <laughs> you are eating good. Yeah. It's, it's so like delicious. one nonstop party over there. It's something, it's something people would really, you know, attractive if you're a, a pro athlete <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah um, for sure but yeah, so that's so that's my time. that's my take though is that it's depending on what their quarterback situation is yeah if, and again this is a very early impression if they can get somebody who's solid mm-hmm. then i think that the saints could be another good team too 
I feel that. Okay. So I think okay. I think I think those are, like we got one from the uh, AFC, one from the NFC that I think people will be uh, looking forward to tracking throughout this free agency because these are some guys that can get some some big some names to come yeah. there. Yeah, some big names yep. to come there. Yep. I wanted to I want to talk about before we before we change uh, to like a Patriots conversation. I want to talk about the Dak Prescott uh, contract, the extension that he signed. Um, yes. So four years, 160 million, 40 million a year. Uh, as everyone knows, he's coming off the ACL. A brutal injury. Brutal. Oh, sorry, no, not the ACL. What did he? He, uh, he had a compound fracture in his leg. Yeah. Um, and it was a brutal injury. Saw it live. It was. It just. It just looked horrible from the start. And um, but 40 million a year. They are all in on Dak Prescott. Max, I wanted to get some of your thoughts on. What do you think about that contract? I, in some ways, respect the franchise for sticking with Dak, especially after a wild injury. I agree with that. So I think that I, yeah, I, I really, I wouldn't count him out because he's a, he's a, he's a good player, and mm-hmm. he, he, I feel like he's one of those stories where he'll just come back and he'll be better and he'll be stronger, mm-hmm. and it's going to be put your head down. It's time to win because they have a lot of good people on their team. Mm-hmm. And I think his contract, like Dak, has shown that he is a a, a worthwhile asset and a and a good player. So I I think that his contract is fair, and I think that props on the Cowboys for not letting him go. And that honestly show says a lot about the franchise. I know they had you know some tumultuous times last season, you know, mm-hmm. just with the Zeke stuff, you know, the drama with the GM and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that shows a level of respect for your players and for your stars. And it's nice to see that they treated him well, even though he was an injured player. Like that, that goes a long way. Yeah. So I mean, so one thing I will give credit to the Cowboys for it is they are not afraid to pay top dollar. And I think that's a that's like a quality for if you're if you're a wealthy team and a wealthy owner to when you if you start to get miserly with your team, then it's just like you're worried about the the bottom line versus how the team performs mm-hmm. and it, it, it obviously you're taking bigger risks by paying your your players top dollar but that means you're also valuing them at a certain amount and that you you get their loyalty and you get great play from them if they if you really believe in them right so mm-hmm. i i totally agree with you that um they did him right by paying him a long-term deal I'm my only worry to play devil's advocate. My only worry is paying him the 40 million while he's still in rehab with, I don't know, no real, it feels like no real timetable. Um, I know they want him back, but they're probably saying like, oh, he's ramping up to hopefully come back by the beginning of the year. Do you think he's going to make it by the beginning of the year? Yeah. I, I stay better safe than sorry, man, to be honest, yeah, especially if you're going to pay him that much money. Right, like you, you've already paid him now, so I feel like you have to do him justice by making sure that he's as close to 100% as possible. And with these compound fractures, you've got to be careful because that's what happened to Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a rate of infection that happened with him. He had to go through multiple surgeries just to get back. Mm-hmm. And he, he just never feels, he just never felt the same last year. Um, mm-hmm. Even though he was comeback player of the year and he played well, um, but with 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 Dak, mobility is his main mo. Like he needs to be mobile to be to effective. be mobile. Right. He's a and new age. He's a new age quarterback. He's a new yeah. age quarterback. He's a big body, but he he runs and he that's how he gets out of plays and that's how he makes all of his other teammates successful. Is you saw when uh, Ezekiel Elliott was playing under an Andy Dalton and uh, I don't even know what that third string Ben something. I have no idea. I already <laughs> forgot his name. Um irrelevant. Yeah. He's, irrelevant. He's gone. Yeah. He's out of here. When it's like when it's like the mediocre uh pocket passer, right? Elliot doesn't play didn't play well like under a pocket passer. But when Dak is able to extend plays, make like uh, let Elliot play in the passing game more where the defense can't just contain him within the tackles, like it just helps his game way more. There has to be a level of concern that Dak isn't going to want to be as mobile 
coming off immediately coming off of this injury, then maybe he will be a couple of years down the line. And at that point, you're already paying him 40 million. Like that has to be in the back of their minds. Like it's not just like, oh, okay, we got the guy and we paid him. Like there has to be so that's a risk they're taking and they have to have some good news that he's been progressing really well to pay him top dollar already. Otherwise they would have done like a a one year or two year deal and it would have been they would have made other teams bet on him as well. Like not knowing hmm. the not knowing as much information. Cause they would have been like, I mean, we can offer you this, but if you want to check the free agent market, like go ahead. But they said, no, we don't even want you to test it. We're just going to give you the 40 that you asked for and, and be oh, done with it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's to me, that's fine because this is, this is the, the, the Cowboys buying low on, mm. on, on Prescott and they're going to, they're going to let him ride the high. Yeah. And then in four years, when he does whatever he does, they're going to say, Hmm, I told you so glad we made that move. Glad we stuck by him or, you know, again, like you said, playing devil's advocate here, everything could fall apart and it could be, uh, you know, a, a terrible outcome. Mm-hmm. When you have an injury like that, especially a compound fracture, I, I broke my leg with a compound fracture. I was mm-hmm. running senior year. It was cross, it was cross country. We just transitioned into track and field and I was running on a four mile run. I felt great. It was literally the first run of the new season. And all of a sudden my leg literally just went boom and it blew out. And oh. my, my tibia was cracked three quarters of the way through on one side and then a hundred percent of the way through on like the other angle. So it was hanging oh on God. by quite literally a thread. And I didn't like really realize this until like three weeks later when I, so I went to the doctors they're like, Oh, it's shin splints. Went back again. They're like, Oh yeah. I don't know which doctor you went to, but they were a quack. <laughs> you broke your leg. Oh my um, God. But what I happened they was, thought it was shin splints. Yeah, it was, it, that was my, that was my primary care physician. They, uh, yes. <laughs> not very good, but not a leg expert, not a leg expert. But my point being is that when you have an injury like that, like you can, I came back and I was better mm. after rehabbing and practicing and training and coming back and having some motivation after that, mm-hmm. but you can also fall apart and you see both sides of the coin in sports all the time. Dak is only, how old is he? He's, 20, he's 27. 27, yeah. 27 so years old. He's still hungry. He's got the talent, and yeah. he's a new age quarterback. I am going to say that he's going to come back stronger. Yeah. And I that think... he's not going to let the injury slow him down. And that with the proper rehab, a compound fracture, you can heal and be better afterwards. I mean, the bone yeah. is going to heal. It's going to calcify over. And mm-hmm. if I touch my leg, I can mm-hmm. feel a bump still on my tibia where mm-hmm. it broke. Oh, wow. But I've never had a problem ever, ever again since that. And I make sure to drink lots of milk every day. So kids, yeah. if you break a bone, drink milk. Drink milk, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, so I agree with you too. I feel like in most situations when people are getting this type of money, they have a, they have a propensity to rest on their laurels a little bit and be like, oh, I, you know, I worked hard for the, for the contract and now – now I got the money and now I can kind of, it, 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 you, you get this innate coast factor a little bit and it, and it just feels like they're not as motivated. And so I feel like having Dak sign this contract while he's injured, needing mm-hmm. to rehab, causing this media stir of, will the contract be worth it? Well, you know, like, like, Oh, they paid him a lot of money. Like that's like, that's exactly what he wanted. And he got it. Like he's got to, mm-hmm. he's got to be good now. Right. So it's like, I feel like, it's only going to make him want to prove the contract rather than he's already proved himself and got the money. I agree so, with that too. So there's like, I, I, I don't think level. he's going to, no, I don't think he's going to sit back and just no. say, well, well uh, I've secured my bag. Like uh, <laughs> Gordon Hayward in Boston who just sat back and was mediocre. Mm. As a, yeah. And hey, he's, he's, he's he opened a- up about his, about his decision. He said he wanted to go somewhere where he had more responsibility, which yeah, doesn't make sense to me because I understand that like Jalen and Jason Tatum became the the budding stars that they were, but Gordon Hayward was still Brad Stevens' love child. He coached them true. when they were at Butler. He had so many minutes and he had a lot of responsibility. He yeah. just didn't perform. And I don't. I want to say that's a little unfair to be like, oh well, Jalen and Jason took that away from me because, dude, you had plenty. 
you had plenty of time and opportunity and you got your shots and you had the ball. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like he says that. And also like he was injured throughout his time here. So even though in his time on the court, he was very, I guess he made the team better by his playmaking, but by his ability to actually put the ball in the hoop, he was always a very inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I can remember from his time here was that he was like a Timberwolves killer, and every time he would play the Timberwolves, he would he would drop like thirty, but then mm -hmm. he would like play other teams and he'd get like ten points or something. So <laughs> every time he saw Jake Lehman on the court, <laughs> Jake Lehman, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> he was like, he was like, oh wow, Shabazz Muhammad, that's me, excellent, <laughs> excellent, thirty four. It's the spider. It's the Spider Man pointing back at each other. <laughs> uh, but it's like, yeah, yeah. I also don't think the Celtics put him they put him in a weird spot too like in Charlotte he is more of the man I would say because he's the only like old guy like they have like everyone Odin else like, yeah, yeah okay yes but I don't know if I don't know how no like, I know what you're saying I know much of a leader. Yeah, I, I joke I joke yeah I, I know, know what you're saying. A leader. like he's playing he's playing great basketball when he's on the court in Charlotte right now but yeah to say that like I agree with you that like he got a lot of opportunity that maybe at the time he didn't just des not deserve, but he he didn't deserve over the young kids. Regardless, he got his minutes, but he didn't perform. Uh, real quick though, back to Dak and his contract. That should be added motivation. That should be his motivation to to want to come back and to prove some of the haters wrong. Because um, I feel like he was starting to get loved. Like he was, he was getting a lot more love in the beginning of the season when he was playing really well, and he was, he was on a pace for like six thousand yards passing. And before he got injured, he was on like a six thousand yard pace. It was insane. He was gonna break everything, and then it was tragic. So I think he is gonna be a lot more work to get back to that point. But I feel like this is the guy to do it because I really, I really trust this guy can uh, can put the effort in. So yeah, okay, yeah. well, good for Dak. Trey, do you think re-signing Cam Newton is a good or a bad thing? So I'll tell you what, it's, it shows how far the Patriots have fallen, oh, right? Um, right, so pain. to go from uh, Brady and then Garoppolo as your backup to then to championships, to, to, Super, like, to Super Bowl runs, to playoff runs, then Brady leaves, or then, then Garoppolo leaves, then Brady leaves, then... Now you're like, uh, it's the middle of May. We don't have a quarterback. We just keep waiting, and all these quarterbacks keep taking. Uh, we gotta get somebody. So let's get the guy that like, you know, has some name value, some brand value. So then they got Cam. It didn't work out, and I think everyone can unequivocally say it did not work out. If you have a quarterback that threw, what was it? He threw eight touchdowns five, or something. And he, yeah, it was. Uh, or yeah, five it was touchdowns. Like I think no, I think you're right. With it was like the first three and like the no, it was it was three in the last game. So he and then the rest eight, of the season was five. Touch, he threw eight touchdowns, yeah, and then he ran for twelve, and he had ten picks, and he mm. had an eighty-two passer rating. He had an eighty-three passer rating. Like that's not good. Like no. I, I like it's a passing league. You can't r rush for more touchdowns and then also get ten interceptions. Mm. Like it just it just not equate to winning football. So to bring him back, it just shows that they knew that once free agency started, they could not afford to not have an option at quarterback, and they had to get someone. And they took the the available option that they knew, and then now they're branding it as a. <clears throat> the the teammates and I guess the team probably will do like oh he's gonna get a fair shake on this one because you know he he didn't have enough time during camp to get the system and then he got COVID in the middle of the year and and that may all be true but the stats are the stats and if you saw how he played and how, like his ball location and his arm strength and his decision making like i feel like even if he were going through a lot of trouble like a lot of that 
mental part of the game would still stay with you if you were keeping yourself sharp, and it just didn't. And it shows mm-hmm. that they to to even get a morsel, a crumb of free agents, <laughs> a crumb of free agent, they had to bring this guy back, and it's just it's honestly kind of sad at this point. It's really sad. 68, according to a news poll, 68% of Patriots fans say this is no, is not a good thing. Oh, like, I agree with that. 32 say yes. 32 were happy. So, yeah, it's just the Pats, you know how how we asked earlier, they're like, oh, which teams do you think are, you know, going to be good this season? It's Mm -hmm. not the Patriots. Oh, hey, quick little tidbit here. We recorded this episode on March 14th, which was just days before all of these huge Patriots free agents signing. So at the time, we thought that they were not good. But now they have four brand new free agents looking to come to New England. So stay tuned for next week's episode where we talk about this huge free agent signing, which nobody saw coming. We were still we were still the top, but now that we don't have Tom Brady, we don't have yeah, anything. Yeah, that's the big thing. That's the big thing. And there's bad press on Bobby Kraft, and there's bad press on Belichick, and people say, "Oh, I didn't like this about the Pats, and I didn't like that." It, yeah, it makes it so hard for anybody, any free player, to want to come out and say, "Oh, well, I'll give it a shot." No, that's a that's a big thing when you have the star quarterback, regardless of the situation, people will show up. Like, people want to play with a guy that knows that they have a shot to go to the Super Bowl every year. So, and it shows, right? Like, Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, one of the losing franchises of any sport in, 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 like, in history. And won. And, and won. He, and he had people rush to his feet to try to get to the team. Ndama Kung Su mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. And like he just had people like he just like took people. He was like, "Hey, oh, you know, here, little boy, let me, but come with me, and we'll 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 uh, we'll ride Bunch to another- candy. I mean, championships. I mean, yeah. candy. <laughs> just like just like put him on his back, and then just ride and right off into the sunset. So they did it, and they did. I, so I remember just- at the beginning of the season when we were like, uh, you know, Tom Brady could do this. And be like, wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be kind of crazy if he goes to a new team and then he wins it all, and then he mm. did it." He did he it. He did it. Goat. I'm not going to so, get back on that. I'm not going to get back on my Tom Brady goat-ish. But he is. But, like, th- that's, that's like, one of the things that comes with being the goat is, like, people want to play with the goat. People don't want to play make, with... Because they you'll make them better. Exactly. I would want to... If I knew that I could play basketball with Bill Russell, like, he would make me a better player. I don't yeah, care if I'm, take, I'm some, I, like, high school JV scrub. Yeah. Would make you better. Exactly. And it's just yeah. like I don't know if people want to play with eight touchdowns, uh, touchdown interception ratio of eight, eight to ten. Like Cam Newton looks like he's in pain every time he throws the ball, and he yeah. throws it straight into the ground. Like- and I don't know, I don't know. It's just like it just shows how how far the the Pats have dropped in people's eyes, and that they're really, really scrambling. And to pay, and to so if this contract right, it's fourteen million. There's like eight and a half in guarantees, and it's all like absurd guarantees, like. MVP and Pro Bowl and All Pro and Super Bowl and like things that he might never reach, but to show that like, but the number that people see is fourteen, right? And so that could be a cap hit of that much. It mm-hmm. kind of takes away a lot of options that would be out there for quarterbacks, say like a Garoppolo or or, or these other other names that that could be on the on the list. Like they would ha- like they wouldn't want to go for someone that's a little more high priced. Because Bill has never wanted two high-priced quarterbacks before, so what makes him want one and now? Like he made Brady take pay cuts, like and Brady's the best ever. Like he's not gonna want to pay Cam Newton up to fourteen million and also pay Garoppolo twenty million or something. You know what I mean? Like it just wouldn't happen. So yeah, it's it's just like we're gonna get some young kid probably, right? Or a kid that, or a guy that just like did not work out anywhere, and now we're just kind of it's on his last shot kind of thing and then they're gonna have to face against cram newton battle for the starting spot and it's just gonna be like i don't know i don't like my prospects anywhere unless they actually went up in the draft and drafted a guy like a trey lance or a justin fields or a, you know what i mean like one one of those guys name brand guys from the first round like the lottery pick that they have i don't just i don't see it i really don't no it's uh yeah for the next little bit uh it's Pain. Pain. 
yeah, it's for the for the Pats, it's done. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's quickly before we head out, we'll talk about the NBA All Star break, which again we celebrated by taking a break ourselves. Uh, the NBA All Star weekend was the condensed version where all the events took place at one night. I didn't mind it. I know people had problems with having an All Star game in general. I know a lot of people don't like the All Star game because it's you know there's no defense and nobody cares and whatever. It's all fanfare, but it's still fun. And if you watch people like Steph Curry. I think the players have fun with it. It's nice to see them go out there and have fun. When Steph Curry shoots a three and then turns around before it even goes in, oh, my God. And when yeah. when him and Damian Lillard are taking turns pulling up from beyond the, like the half-court line, <laughs> oh, my God. And when Giannis uh-huh. goes 16 for 16, except for that one lob that he blatantly missed that they didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and when Chris Paul catches an alley-oop and then Steph Curry catches an alley-oop and then Kyrie yeah. dunks and Kyrie then dunks, yeah. Dame catches an alley-oop or dunk like literally all the guards went stupid it was ridiculous and then Jason Tatum actually did dunks in game which (laughs) he won't do in a real NBA game I was really hoping that that would be a confidence booster for him and Jalen Brown but again uh the Celtics played the Nets and that hurt yeah I did not I did not like Jalen Brown playing in the game considering he was taking games off beforehand because of the tendonitis issue in his knee and it just felt like deja vu of Kyrie uh having to rest games for the all-star break but then playing in the all-star game uh mm-hmm. in 2019 so it was just like i was like oh my god this is this all over again where it's he's gonna play right and then he comes back in the brooklyn game and he does not play well right so it's just no. like oh like not like you played 26 minutes in the all-star game like can we <laughs> Can we have some consistency? Can we, if you're gonna please, rest games like, before, please, like, please, like you, you, uh, what happened? Yeah, you're the same player. Is it no. is defense that smothering? No, no, but I just have to think. Like, does the injury have some? Like, could he have benefited from time off during the break and an extra couple of days? I just, it's just, it's always gonna be on my mind for the rest of the year, especially if he's not playing at the level that he was playing to start the year. From this point on. That will be something people will be talking about is should he have taken that all-star break off to rest his knee a little more so mm-hmm. other than that though max what was your favorite event from the whole day on sunday last week mm. the dunk contest I, I wasn't last year's dunk contest was crazy i loved it this year's dunk contest mm. eh, yeah it was all right anthony simon's oh my god i can't believe that was considered the best dunk and he didn't even do what he wanted to do like he wanted to kiss the rim, and then it was like, and then people were like, "Oh my god, that's the best dunk of the the night!" And I was like, "That's what I said." I said it. he didn't even. I said he didn't even kiss it. No, my my favorite dunk of the night was Obi Toppin jumping over Julius Randle and his dad and his to dad. window the ball. I was like, "No, that was that was like, awesome to me." But I was like, "We've already seen that before, though." No, I get that. It was still impressive though, because he's a, I don't know he's a tall guy. He jumped from really far out. I enjoyed I that. Well, okay. So if we just take if we forget about Cassius Stanley who absolutely like flubbed his first dunk got his first dunk was off. good. I did like his first dunk. Yeah, his he first got dunk Josh Smith was like eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh Smith was like seven off of that one. That was so bad. Uh, Josh, but... Josh Smith sold on everybody. That was Dominic Wilkins too. I was like, dude, you have some pretty terrible takes. Yeah, like Anthony but... Simons goes up. He he literally just grabs the ball. Off. Yeah, that's impressive. Don't get me wrong. Like he grabbed the ball way up there. He did. But he, all he did was like he didn't. He, like Kenny, Kenny the Jet Smith said, he got it, but he didn't go get it. He didn't go get it. Yeah, he did say that. It was he just, just a, it was like, his oomph. fingertips, and he went. There was an oomph to it. Yeah. There was no oomph. If he like went up there, jumped to eleven feet, and then went boom, mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the the Dwight Howard dunk and the 08 slam dunk, where he had the ball on a a mini hoop um yes yeah and then he like took it and then put it and then dwight howard on it and i think it was a 2012 contest or 20 2009 or 2000 i forgot what he did a second one and he dunked on the 12 foot hoop like they brought out a 12 foot hoop and mm-hmm. uh he dunked on that so it's just like like i'm starting to to get sad that the creativity just isn't there and it feels like people are trying to do things on the fly i um, like this i like this t-mac tribute Oh yeah, yeah, the the team was solid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Obi Toppin's between the legs, kind of alley to himself. That was decent. That was good too. That was good too. And Cassius Stanley pulled off the underneath the legs, but we've seen that before. We've seen Aaron yeah. Gordon do that. Oh my god! 
in and two separate so dunk better. contests. And, I, and he did it over the mascot, dude. It wasn't even like. Oh my god! He's he in the mascot the spinning mascot. on a hoverboard. Oh. And that one, that one too. The the windmill with the hand behind the back, and I was like, oh, oh where he just goes oh. and he flexes. Oh. Oh. That was the best. That's the best mm-hmm. modern. That's the best. No, con- nothing, nothing. That dunk cost twenty fifteen. Well, that was 2016, 2016, right? 2016, 2016, and 2000. And then close second was last year or close third was last year's. But to I me, say, nothing. I would, say those... I would say 2003 was a good one. Jason Richardson. And then the one with, uh, the one with well, my top, two, my top two were 2016 and 2000. I would say, yeah, for this, for the past 20 years, that's, that's definitely true. Like those are the best modern day dunk on I've seen, but and yeah. Then, so... uh, Colby in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the I'm rookie, just looking at the rookie, the rookie Kobe in '97. That one, Jason that Richardson, uh, Desmond Mason. Oh yeah, no, you're right. 2003, those are solid dunks. Oh, and then the Dwight contest. Obviously, the Dwight contest, 2008. Oh, where uh, he goes, Superman. Dwight, Superman, and then Gerald yeah. Green. People forget about the Gerald Green dunk where he put the cupcake with the candle on the back of the rim and he blew the candle out and dunk, and the candle and the cupcake stayed on. People forget about that dunk. That was a great dunk. And then Jamario Moon had hops in that. Like I think I think 2008, 03, 2016. I don't know if you can really beat that. Uh those types of dunks. And I feel like people are just kind of they're so used to reusing it that they haven't really thought of like like I feel like people forget about props and um just like what hasn't been done. Like, has that been done? But could we tweak it? Like I feel like people just try to do the same thing. And they just wear a New Jersey, and then they're like, "Oh, we paid homage, so it's good." And I'm like, "No, no, you did the same dunk." I no, I agree with that. Also, Shrey is breaking news, real quick. Uh, Drew Brees has retired. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was about yeah, I was about to say it, but I'm glad you said it. And I also, we were talking about Aaron Jones being a target for the. Drew Brees has retired. I was talking earlier in this episode that he did not, but he has retired. And Taysom Hill. Is the replacement? Question mark. Yeah. Oh wow! They really—he was playing well, but he just can't. I don't know. I don't know if I want him throwing the ball like Drew Brees does. They're Maybe really I don't feel so good about the Saints anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, nah, I think they'll be all right. I think, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. I think they'll be all right. Um, you know what? Yeah, don't sleep on the Dolphins. Don't sleep on the Saints. We were, wow. We were ta- all right. Well, we were, hey, thank we you to about, Drew Brees. Well, we were talking Except about your questionable Jones comments. Yeah. We we're talking about Aaron Jones too, right? Um that he could be a, a target for the Dolphins, and then he just re-upped with the Green Bay Packers for four years and 48, I think. Wow, okay. So, well, I'm glad that we recorded this one. <laughs> <laughs> so glad we're getting some breaking news. I mean, that's a little exciting, but... I'm going to have to edit the crap out of this, though. No, no, no. We can, we can just put... Um, we can just put that we had some breaking news at the end. Like, we were just looking okay. at it. Well, we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know. Okay. It, it wasn't me. <laughs> It wasn't me. All right, well, good for Drew Brees, man. He's done. Yep, it's over. He's done. Prior to Drew Brees' arrival, the Saints had a, had a 403 win percentage. Tied with oh, the Cardinals okay. for the third worst of any franchise at any time. Uh, from 2006 to 2020, the Saints had a .625 with fourth best of any franchise in that span. So mm. good job, Drew Brees. And this is per Ed Werder from ESPN. Mm. Big source, yep. Good job, Drew Brees. Except for your questionable comments. Good job. <laughs> you want to take us out? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's ride off into the sunset with some fun with a fun fact. It's time for Shreyas's fact of the week. I, I was looking up a fun fact, and I found that um, Mercedes in 1966 they invented a car that was controlled by a joystick. Whoa. Um, it was called the uh, Mercedes F200. It was a showcase car, and the joystick would control the speed and direction, and it replaced the steering wheel and the pedals. What? And it could sense what which side the driver was sitting in, so they could sit in the passenger seat, and someone could control it from the passenger seat too. Really? Yeah. Um, that would have been an interesting concept. Uh, I don't know how I would like. Uh, people in the passenger seat uh being able to control the car with the one joystick in the middle but um it seems like it, it seems like a, a little bit of a futuristic concept for 1966 so i kind of like the the creativity there what happened to that did they just say no way jose 
Yeah, I probably got nixed pretty quickly. It was just a, like an imagination car. It was one of those concept cars that they showed off at a at one at like a show. So it was really it was really just there to be like, hey, look what we can do. Like, look how we can make stuff. But I, yeah, I guess it just obviously it never made it to market because <laughs> kind of seems <laughs> kind of seems insane. I thought the innovation is. Uh, I like the innovation. I like the that is innovation that excites. That yeah. would be kind of terrible. <laughs> but you know what? Good. Dude, even the even the automatic cars today, mm. that scares me. I don't know how they do it, but you can't you you can't do the autopilot on the Tesla. I don't trust it so much. I'm not going to trust my life and well-being to a robot. <laughs> oh shit! No, I don't know, but you know what? That's cool. Good for yeah, Mercedes cool. for trying something new, but uh, bad idea. <laughs> Get out of here, Mercedes! All right, you have been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Trace. And we'll see you next time. Peace.